Hey, and welcome to the Motherhood Simplified Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Lockwood. And if you ever look around your house and wonder where the heck did all this stuff come from and how am I ever going to get it out, you are in the right place. I'm a mom of five who decluttered her home back in 2013 when my family and I decided to move from Alaska to Florida with one suitcase each. And I do not recommend it. What I do recommend is learning how to declutter without becoming a full-blown minimalist, which means learning to find the balance of what your family needs and wants without it being so much that it overwhelms you on a daily basis. So if that sounds good to you, you are going to love this podcast. Let's dive into the episode. been trying to declutter your house and not been as successful as you like, I am willing to bet that I can help you figure out exactly why. There are a lot of reasons that moms feel like they can't declutter, declutter, whether it's their kids or their spouse or the time or the energy or just simply not knowing what to do, where to take things, how to donate, right? How to do it mindfully, how to not be wasteful. Uh, Plus you're worried about like, what if I need it? You know, I wasted so much money on this. What if I need it again and I can't get it? There is so much that goes into decluttering as a mom. And I promise that if you have thought it or felt it, I have heard it before or experienced it myself. And that is exactly why I created this training called how to create your mom proof decluttering plan. And I've done a lot of decluttering checklists, challenges, courses, programs in the past, and they work. And this training really is the framework for every single thing that moms need to consider when it comes to decluttering their home. It's the plan. We're actually going to build your plan together. It's following through with your plan and it's including your family and even learning how to make this process as enjoyable as possible. Because most people feel like The task is daunting or just another thing on their to-do list, and I don't want it to feel like that for you. So this free training, how to create your mom-proof decluttering plan, you can go to motherhoodsimplified.com forward slash DIY to get it, or you can just check the show notes of this episode and you will find it. Come get it. I know there is so much information about there. A lot of it is much the same. Five steps to declutter your house, you know? Here's the checklist to declutter this area of your house, but none of them really show you the full scope of what goes into doing this start to finish. And that's exactly what's in this training. So go check it out, motherhoodsimplified.com forward slash DIY, or check the description of this episode to go get it today. Welcome to the Motherhood Simplified Podcast. I'm your host, Crystal Lockwood, and on the surface, I teach you how to declutter your home so you can focus on what matters most to you as a mom, which I'm guessing isn't those laundry mountains, dishes stacked to the sky, and the tornadoes you clean up all day. My hope for this podcast is so much more than teaching you to declutter. I record all of my episodes live and in real time so that you can have the experience of a mom friend who gets you and is there for you. My audio isn't perfect, my kids might interrupt us, but the conversations we have are real, impactful, and proof that there are other moms like you that decluttering has worked for. If you want to join me and thousands of other moms for live episodes, go find us on Instagram and Facebook. 
Just search Motherhood Simplified and we'll welcome you with open arms. See you soon. Today's episode is brought to you by Seven Days to an Uncluttered Home. This is the course created to help you dramatically declutter the most commonly overwhelming areas of your home as a mom, which are likely your laundry, dishes, toys, bathrooms, your car, and your surfaces. So as moms, we just don't have the time or energy to waste on having overflowing closets, yet nothing to wear, cleaning up all day just to have our homes constantly destroyed, or to have to do last night's dishes before we make dinner tonight. This course has helped hundreds of moms get out of that cycle and make decisions on their clutter so that they can get it out of their homes and start focusing on more important things than laundry piles and never-ending messes. If you're ready to get support in this process, ready to free yourself from the burden of your clutter and make forward progress and your family seven days to an uncluttered home is for you. It's for the moms who want to finally get started decluttering or for the moms who are stuck not knowing what to do next and wants to finally make a dent in her clutter. It's for the mom who wants to say, heck yeah, I decluttered my home and heck yeah, you can too. Because you know that Motherhood Simplified is all about community and support and cheering each other on. I made seven days to an uncluttered home for a mom like you. This is a low cost paid course that you can find on my site and you will get instant and lifetime access. The reason that I give you instant and lifetime access is because it's a course that moms come back to again and again, because it's so simple and so effective. So if this sounds good to you, go get it. You can find it on my site, motherhoodsimplified.com forward slash courses. You'll see it up at the top, seven days to an uncluttered home. I hope that you choose to get into this and I can't wait to see you inside. All right, everybody, welcome to today's episode where we're talking with Rachel Ballard. She is the host of the podcast, How to Like Your Husband. And I, I love this podcast. When I heard it, I, I was instantly like, I want to listen to all of these episodes because it's something that I'm super passionate about. If you guys have listened around for a little bit, you know that when I talk to you about decluttering, I tell you it's about so much more than decluttering. It's really about creating a simple, happy, easy life. And part of that is making it easy to have these relationships and to focus on your marriage. So <clears throat> I'm really excited to talk with Rachel today. She, We're going to talk about things, intimacy, our marriages, our relationships. So I want to give you a heads up that while the content isn't going to be super risque, I think it is one that you will enjoy just listening to on your own, not one of those ones where we listen while we declutter with our kids around, but one that you can just kind of sit back, have some you time and some alone time to think and listen in on this. So thanks so much for being here, Rachel. I want to start off by first just asking you about your love and marriage story and what that's been like for you. Well, thank you so much for having me, Krista. I'm excited to talk to you all here. I um, am a big uh, proponent of organization and keeping things as clean and streamlined as possible. So I love your message. So my story um, involves a man that is uh, much less into organization than I am, but um, 
I yeah. was divorced from my son's dad and um, met my current husband um, when my son was two and a half. So um, we have been together for, I think, 15 years now, 14 or 15 years now. And um, when we uh, first met, we both had little boys um, right around the same age. And we have since had two girls together. So um, we've got his, mine and ours going on. Our two boys are now 18 and uh, almost 17. And then our girls are 11 and eight. And um, I would say we're pretty typical blended family where that's concerned. Um, but in our relationship, um, we really struggled a lot with the like factor um, towards having, once we started having kids together, um, I loved my husband. I loved him very much. I still do love him very much, but liking him every day was getting harder and harder as I felt like um, I was doing a lot of the heavy lifting where the kids were concerned and um, we were really struggling through some pretty major issues in our relationship with alcoholism and um, and then a balance of roles because I was um, also the major breadwinner in our house at that time and also doing all the kid things and it was a really hard dynamic that we struggled with quite a bit and so we were out with friends and some jokes were being made about how old our boys were as they were go heading into high school and um, talking about just, oh my gosh, if we hadn't had the girls, like we'd be empty nesters in just a few years. Like it was, it was coming pretty quickly. And when I got home that night, I was really thinking through that and thinking to myself, oh my gosh, if I hadn't had the girls, like I'd, I'd be free in a few years. Like I, I could just do whatever I wanted to do and, and go and, um, and that that would not involve my husband because mm -hmm. I did not like him at the time enough to want to spend that time with him. So it was a really a wake up call for me. Um, I, because I had been divorced, I know how terrible sharing your children is um, in divorce. I hate sharing my son and I never um, want to have to do that again. So in my mind, I was not being treated badly. There was no, you know, abuse, anything like that. Like we just had become logistical partners and business partners and had lost the passion and intimacy and friendship factor that we, that we had in the beginning. And um, so because there was nothing major to drive me away, I just said, you know what? Okay. My youngest is headed into kindergarten. That means I have 12 years to either create a marriage that is longstanding and that's a friendship and a partnership and all the things that I want, or in 12 years, I'll go my way and, and find something else that I want to do with my life, but I might as well be all in for the next 12 and make it better than it is right now. And I really just felt like I had nothing to lose because we were just hanging out and it was average and mediocre. So that was, that was kind of how we started. Yeah. I love that. And I mean, obviously I don't love it because it's, it's, it sounds challenging and it sounds incredibly difficult, but I think it's so relatable, yeah. especially when you have kids, right? Like you almost get into this transactional marriage. You do. <laughs> like, you do. Yeah. Where it's like, I'll, I'll take care of the kids and do these things and you take care of this stuff and do that stuff. And it makes it yeah. I mean, transactional. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's not yeah. enjoyable. 
No, it's like I said, it's like a logistical partnership. We get all the people, all the places, you know, and, um, you know, for us, we just hadn't factored in all the other components to our relationship. Like the fact that two other adults have a huge say in what goes on within our marriage, because we have two other parents involved in our marriage. And, you know, that throws even another, um, crazy layer of chaos into the the picture can make it really hard to like your spouse when you're also having to watch them deal with their ex. So Mm -hmm. a little messy sometimes. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. So what I, what I like most about your story is that you're like, I have two choices here basically, right? I can make the most of it or I can carry on and just, you know, not make the most of it essentially. But what does it really mean to you? You know, your, your podcast is named how to like your husband. What does that mean to you? And how do people even start taking those steps to taking ownership of that and getting to that place again? Yeah. So I, for me, the like, I'm going to answer that first. So kind of what the difference between the like and love factor. And, um, I feel like liking someone is something that we have to exercise and do every day. Um, we have to choose to like them and, um, what the three, the three kind of pillars for us is respect, friendship, and intimacy, um, to, like my husband to want to hang out with him, I have to be friends with him. I don't tend to use that best friend term because I mean, he's so much more than my closest friend. Um, But enjoying spending time together, having things that we like to do um, as a couple that are outside interests of just watching our kids perform something or mm-hmm. play in some sport, you know, we have things that we like to do as a couple that, that we really enjoy that we're friends at that create memories and, uh, inside jokes and banter and, you know, all that stuff. And then, um, the respect factor that goes into that respect for men is so even more important than it is for women. I mean, there's studies that will tell you all about how, um, women, feel love through love and warm and tingly and all that stuff. And that men feel it through respect and they'd rather be unloved than disrespected. And so having that as a, as a base to our relationship and treating each other, um, with grace, always assuming that we mean the best, um, for each other in what we say. Uh, I think we tend to have to make this mistake as women, or at least I know I did. And I feel like I can't be the only one where it was like everything that he would do. I would think like, why are you doing that to me? Like, why are guilty? You know, know, like he's stuck in traffic and I'm like, Oh, you couldn't have left 10 minutes early. So you could have gotten home in time for me to not be a crazy person at this point of the night or to make dinner or whatever. Like, I mean, come on, like, yeah, just really thinking through every thought when, when my mind immediately wants to go to the negative, I try and remind myself, this man loves me. He likes me. He wants to hang out with me. So what is, what is the best case for what he could have meant right now? And if I don't know, then I just ask him. And that's where the respect comes in. I just say, Hey, this is what I'm, this is what I'm getting out of this right now. And I'm, I'm positive. That's not what you mean. So can you just explain it to me? You know, and then the last piece of, of that friendship, I really, or that um, like factor is the intimacy and making sure that we are connecting physically on a regular basis. Yes. Um, because that can change 
all the things. It makes people happy. It gets all your chemicals and hormones flowing the right way and keeps you smiling and him smiling and him <laughs> wanting to do things for you. So Yes. <laughs> yes. It's true though. And I totally forgot what I was going to say about it, but, oh, I, I remember. So you have this person that you like, right? You like them, you respect them, you love them. It just makes sense to add in that third piece of the physical intimacy because to be honest, where else are you going to get it from? Right? Like you don't want, you don't want that. That's bad for your marriage. Right. Right. Okay. Well, and I do have to say to that, I feel like, um, I see it a lot with my clients. I know I am guilty of it where we get some of that physical intimacy from our kids and not in a sexual way, but we just, we're touched so much throughout the course of a day, um, or they'll stroke our cheek or their breath on our, on our collarbone. Or, I mean, even like if you are a mom that nurses, like any of those things, like, yeah, I mean, (laughs) Krista's got a baby on her back right now. sleeping. I miss having a baby on my back so much. Yes. Uh, I, I sometimes find myself like, actually wishing my kids would get sick just so they would want to snuggle. <laughs> but it's true. We do should, get that. That's yeah. right. <laughs> um, it's true though, that we do get that like physical closeness from them. Right. And then we don't give it because we've gotten, like we've gotten it. And yes, is that the same as having an orgasm? Absolutely not. Like I'm not suggesting that, but that starting piece of the touching has already occurred in our life. And so our brain may not go to that. And I think it's really important to remember that like women, we need, we need that emotional connection to then want to be intimate and men are wired the exact opposite way. They need that physical connection to want to be emotionally connected to you. So you can stand around all day and complain that your husband is not communicating and he's not emotionally open to you and that he's not doing X, Y, Z, and W, but you could also just go have sex with the man and, you know, and then like, that he's a lot more willing to reciprocate for your emotional needs when he's feeling open to that because he's not having to worry about being turned down or saying the wrong thing or anything like that. It just opens him up to more of that. So, yes. So on that subject, without getting too much, you know, everyone, but you guys know, like I have a, we have a two-year-old and I have a little baby who's literally on my back right now. And we've kind of, I told you this a little bit earlier, Rachel, that we kind of have a like redemption set of kids, right? Right. (laughs) We had our first three that were really, really hard, um, that made, you know, our relationship hard because that's what happens when you have kids. And now we have these two with all of that experience. And I can literally see him like going out of his way to be like, Hey, what do you need me to do today? (laughs) Or how can I help? Like, what, you know, what can I do to make this easier for you? And in my mind, the very first thing that I think is like, I'm going to make time for him later tonight. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. it's, and it's easy and it, it feels normal in this season of life. Like, I think sometimes we feel like it has to be like tit for tat. And I don't think that's what it is. I think it's just that we both recognize the season of life that we're in. And that's what we both need to do, like intentionally, like go out of our way to be like, 
I'm going to make it really obvious that I'm trying to stay connected with you. Right. In a season that it is very, it's hard to stay connected. And I mean, intimacy, sex, I mean, it's kind of one of the easiest places to be connected in that way. Um, and I want to, I want to throw out a little tip here. Um, I, I don't think I've ever brought this up on a podcast episode before, but, um, I give this out a lot to my clients is that if you are struggling with m- your mind, um, in being intimate and just like, because there's so much going on and like, we need that to shut down in order for us to also enjoy being intimate with our husbands. Um, if you're struggling with that, try setting an alarm in the middle of the night, like just like as if you have to get up to give a kid medicine, right? They have to have it every eight hours. Okay. Set an alarm for the middle of the night that goes off, that wakes you up enough for you to roll over and and start (laughs) something with your husband because your brain is off. Like you have relieved all of the things for the day and it can make it a lot easier to get that going. If you've been stale in that area for a while, if you just do it when you're already like completely relaxed. Yes. That's such a good tip. And no husband's going to be mad at that. No, no. <laughs> they will not, not be upset. Not a thing. <laughs> I love that. That's such a good Shocked tip. maybe, but not, not upset. Yeah. Shocked and like, what is happening? And then like, oh, And, and then they'll fine. just go with it. Yeah. yeah it's fine. This is great. <laughs> Wait, is that my wife? Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so that leads into one of the questions that I was going to ask you that you kind of touched on, but do you have any other tips for just how to stay how to stay connected and as much as possible, try and avoid falling into that, like that transactional rut of like, we're just mechanical here and we're just getting through our days. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And, um, I'm going to say this phrase and then I want you all to keep your ears on and continue listening to me. Like, don't just turn me off because I am (laughs) going to explain what I mean and it's not what you expect. So (laughs) Okay. Um, date night is the most important night of the week for us. And I, I say that. And then I see just like women like glaze over, like, I don't have time for that. I don't have money for that. I, do you know how many kids we have? Do you know how many activities they're in? Like all the things people have so many excuses around date night. Like it's literally like I asked you to give up coffee or something and they get really upset with me. <laughs> Here's the thing. Date night married and date night dating. is not the same. It's not at all the same. When you're dating and you're having date night, you are trying to get to know this person and you're trying to determine if this is a person that you want to spend the rest of your life with. Do you want to marry them? Like, do you like them? Do you, can you love them? All these things. Once you're married, dating is about maintaining connection. It's about creating memories. It's about adventuring together, strengthening your relationship, creating inside jokes and just having that friend aspect, um, in your relationship. And so date night is the top priority in our calendar. Every week we will move anything we have to for date night. So we look at the calendar every Sunday together and then kind of determine if anything needs to get changed around. We make sure date nights on there, but it looks different in every season of life. So it doesn't necessarily mean we leave home. It might be, you know, if we don't have a babysitter, our kids are a little bit older, obviously we don't have toddlers, so we can go for a walk 
you know, so we can leave and we'll walk around the block, you know, and every couple of times we'll peek our head back in and just make sure everybody's fine. But we go, we hold hands, we talk, we connect, you know, we do that. Maybe we go to Starbucks and take a board game and play for an hour, you know, and just pay for a sitter for a short amount of time, or we have teenagers now. Um, maybe kids go to bed and then you have date night and I know you're tired. I'm freaking tired too, but would you rather lose 20 minutes of sleep and connect with your husband or have the 20 minutes that really you're just still going to be tired in the morning? So what's, you know, that 20 minutes isn't going to make or break your night. If you can stay up, play a game, have a talk, sit and rub each other's feet, um, have a glass of wine, if that's your thing, you know, whatever it is, if you can find a way to connect with your husband every week on a friend and intimate, an intimate friend basis, um, that is a really good place to start because you have to remember why you like them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. That's actually helpful for me too. Cause you, you know, we've moved so many times, like finding a babysitter for us has been challenging because every time we move, we don't know people. We don't have people we can trust, especially with little tiny ones. So we've had to be creative, right. And think outside the box. Like date night doesn't mean that you're going to a movie or, or even leaving your house. Like it's just these little, these little things like carving out intentional time to be with each other. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think even just, you know, if, if you've got kids in school, Hey, go meet your husband for lunch. Like, can you guys work out a lunch date? Can you get up earlier and have a morning, have morning time together or workout together? You know, just open your mind up to so many, um, possibilities and be willing to talk to your kids about it. That's the other thing. Um, there's definitely been season, um, in our life before kids could stay, home by themselves or anything like that, where we would go to a playground, you know, and we would just tell them like, Hey, mom and dad are going to be on a date. We're going to sit on this bench right here. And, uh, we would have like the iPad timer set up for like 20 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever it was on their ages. We just say like, you guys are going to play in the playground together. Here's your water bottles. And we're, you're not going to interrupt us for 30 minutes because we are going to focus on each other. And our kids just know at this point, because we talk about our relationship so much that our relationship is the most important one to us. And if we keep that strong and healthy, then we get to teach them how to have great marriages and we show up for them so much better. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, we're just such better parents when we're connecting and they know that and see that at this point. So they can be really open-minded to like date and they, they find it silly too. Like, you know, (laughs) that we want to date each other and hold hands. Right. Yeah. It's probably funny to them now. And then when they grow up, they're like, man, they knew what's up. Right. Um, Right. So one of the things too that, yeah, I hope they do. I know they will. Um, one of the things that I want to list, tell the moms too, who are listening in, cause you kind of touched on it when you talked about the ages of your kids though, is that like, we've had two shifts of kids basically, right? We have their 14, 10 and eight, and then we have the two little ones again. And before we had the two little ones, we had this taste of life of like mm-hmm. being a couple with big kids. And it was amazing. It was glorious. <laughs> it yeah. was so awesome because like it's you amazing. said, yeah, we could have lunch dates while they were at school mm-hmm. and they were old enough to where we felt comfortable, like leaving them with the grandparents so that him and I went on, on like a vacation together. Right. Like, vacation. 
-hmm. and it gets so much easier. So for the moms listening in who are like in a season of life where I'm in right now of like, oh my gosh, like I don't want to be touched anymore. Like this is so exhausting. You'll come out the other side. Just yeah. Yeah. Seriously. I, yeah. And I, that's basically what I'm doing is like, I've got my head down. Like, I know like they're going to grow up fast. I'm doing everything I can for them. I'm doing everything I can to maintain my marriage, which is the foundation of them and me and us and our entire family. And it gets so much easier. It gets so much easier. Yeah. In certain ways. In certain ways. Sure. Absolutely. Teenagers are a joy. So yeah, there are ways that it it can, that was sarcasm in case you didn't Um, (laughs) know They, but at I'm least not, they're not like like on your back like oh no they don't they long. At all, so it's fine <laughs> yeah I, yeah it's it's just a different kind of exhausting but a free exhausting you have a lot more freedom you do oh kind of yeah I do feel like I spend a lot of time like making sure they're prepared to be adults like I feel like my time is just used differently. Like, uh, and this is how you open a checking account. And this is how you make yourself macaroni and cheese. And this is, no, you cannot put your work clothes in with my delicates and no. the busted up crayon <laughs> from bussing tables all over my laundry. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 So it, it just is, it's different, but yeah, there's some freeing moments in there for sure that yeah. can really allow for greatness. So just be patient. It's coming. I promise. I just remember that year of in-between kids before we had our toddler of like, this is pretty awesome. Like, yes, I'll see you. I'll see you for lunch. I will, you know, we'll set them, like you said, take them to the park and they can do their thing and we can do our thing. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, just hang in there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so hang on one second. So I am curious about your take on love languages, because I think everybody knows love languages, right? They're pretty simple, but what's your take on them? Do you think that they're helpful? I do. I really do think that they're helpful. They're, when I decided to make um, these changes in my life, it was one of the first things that I read up on. And actually, I had read the love languages book um, before and kind of was like, oh, well, then he should know. <laughs> that this is how I want to be. And, and I even told him, I was like, look, these are my love languages and this is how you should be showing me love. <laughs> like I was very much like that about it. And then I was like, and this is yours. And these are the things I do that meet that requirement. <laughs> that was how I approached it. Um, so I read it again um, and also read the one about kids, which I cannot recommend enough. So definitely get that one if you haven't already. But five love languages, I think can really help you open your eyes to why there are certain things you do that you just feel like they should be so appreciative of and be so warm and fuzzy over. And they're just like oblivious to them. And you're like, what in the world? Like if you did that for me, that would be amazing. Well, that's not their love language. So, um, you knowing your husband's love language um, is literally like having a golden ticket. I mean, it's like your fast pass at Disney, right? So now you know exactly what things you're doing because you think you're showing him that you love him that he actually could care less about. So you can take those off your plate. Like yeah. those don't even need to be a thing. Um, you can really get simplified in that way and then <laughs> focus in on what he needs. You know, if he's a physical touch guy and you're like, 
talking up a storm to him, he's not getting any of that. And really all you had to do was grab his butt on his way out the door or <laughs> set your alarm for the middle of the night, like I mentioned, or, you know, um, touch him, make sure that you're pressing your body against his several times in the course of a day, whatever that looks like. Um, for me, I, uh, I really like acts of service and, um, so, and gifts. And so like my husband will bring me an iced tea. I love iced tea. I'm a little bit addicted to it. So when he comes home from work, if he thinks to stop and get me an iced tea that I'm going to go by myself anyway, it's not only an act of service, it's also a gift. Um, yeah. because it's like exciting to me that he thought about me on his way yeah. home thinking about how to make me happy. Yeah. Um, when I go get an iced tea, if I bring him one back, he could care less. You know, he's like, oh, thanks. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. but he wants his butt grabbed on his way through the kitchen for sure. So, you know, yeah. I just, that, it, it can make your life so much easier to know your husband's love language. Yeah. It really is super simple. And exactly like you said, like I would come home with coffee for both of us expecting him to be like, oh my gosh, you're the greatest. And he doesn't care. And, and that's not his fault. Like, yeah. My husband's like, why did you spend money on that? I'm like, yeah. And then you're upset because you're like, I was doing this thing for you. And they don't, yeah, yeah. not on the same page. It's literally like speaking a different language. A different language. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, and there's a super easy quiz on their website that you can take. It would even be a fun date night activity to both mm -hmm. take it and kind of see where you're at and learn something. It's exciting. Yes. I love this. Okay. So you have something called 50 flirty texts that anybody listening can get in on. And I think that's super helpful because I think for me, texts are super helpful, first of all, because a lot of us spend our days away from each other. So mm -hmm. you're like trying to figure out how to stay connected with them. But for somebody like myself, I struggle to find the words sometimes. Right. Right. Yeah. So I think that texts are a great place to start in trying to spice up your marriage a little bit and trying to get reconnected back to um, that, that friendship and get that intimacy and get some fun in your relationship. And so I created this uh, 50 flirty texts um, and, and an effort to ha let you have like super easy way to reach out to your husband. So there's multiple pages. The first page is super mellow and just kind of lets them know you're thinking about them. And then the hotness level builds. So if you are not comfortable with like sexy texting, um, don't turn the page, just, you know, like read the first page, work on those. And then like, once you're really comfortable with it, then up your game and turn, turn the page because they definitely do get spicier as you go. And I would just say, um, I, I honestly feel like it's good that we're not talking to our husbands all day long. If that's the case, I think sometimes we all tend to text each other all day long or call every time something happens and like keep them updated throughout the day. And then we wonder why when they get home, like we have nothing to talk about, or we want to like re go over all these things that we've already told them. And they're like, I just need a minute for this, whatever. So I really encourage you to not be connecting all day as far as like keeping them, giving them the play by play of your day. And that way you have something to discuss later. So if you really are trying to break that habit and you want to like try something else out, send one of these texts, you can send it in the middle of the day. 
you can send it while he's helping a kid with math homework and you're literally standing in the kitchen. Um, he can be doing bath time and you can make a suggestion about what gets to happen after the kids go to bed or, you know, how excited you are about date night or whatever it is, and just let them know that you are thinking about them. And oftentimes they'll pick it up from there. It's not like you even have to necessarily do anything after that. I mean, if you say you're going to, then you should do, do whatever you said, yeah. but, um, you know, if you're just like calling it out and letting them know something that they're doing, that's awesome or something you think that's really cute or whatever it might be. Um, that just like opens the door a little bit for them to be romantic or to be flirty with you. It gives them time to think about it. There's no tone, you know, you can just relax into it and it can be really fun and playful. Yeah. I love that. That's such a, that's so, it's so good. It's so helpful for any of the moms that are feeling like they're, you know, maybe in a rut, maybe they're disconnected. Maybe they don't even know what to do to kind of start moving back in that direction. <laughs> the little baby. Everybody's um, uterus. But it's, <laughs> anyway, it's perfect for getting in that, in that, back in that right direction. And it's not super invasive. It doesn't feel awkward. It doesn't feel like this big, huge grand thing that can feel overwhelming or like right. we have to fix everything right now. It's like one small, simple thing that you can do to kind of shift the momentum. Yeah. One small step for your marriage. It's super easy. Take you about five seconds. Don't tell me you don't have time because you're going to text somebody anyway. <laughs> you're going to text your mom or your girlfriend. Like, so just text your husband instead and, uh, it can, it can change your day. Exactly. Sure. So I will put the link for that. I'll put the link to her podcast, how to like your husband. I will put the link to that. Um, the 50 flirty texts that you can get right now for free and uh, everywhere else that you can find Rachel. So thank you so much for being on with us. And thank you for having me. I appreciate it so much. <laughs> You're welcome. Okay. Hey friend, did you love this episode? If you did, I would love if you took a screenshot of it and shared it with somebody else. Okay. The whole point of this is to create a community of moms who get each other, who support each other and who, when they find something that helps them, they share it with somebody. So I would love if you shared this podcast with somebody with maybe just a little note about how it helped you or how it inspired you so that it can help somebody else. I would also love it if you left me a review. Leaving a review lets me get better stats on the internet and blah, blah, blah. Basically, it helps me help more moms like you. I would so appreciate it. If you hated this episode, I'm sorry, but I'm also kind of impressed that you listened to it all and you're still listening. So still leave me a review, still share it <laughs> because I'm sure somebody can benefit from it. I'll see you guys on the next episode. Hey, before you go, I have a question to ask you. Would you please leave me a five-star review if you are listening on iTunes? It helps me grow my show and reach more moms like you who are wanting to declutter without becoming a full-blown minimalist. If you love the show, I would love it if you shared something specific that you find valuable or helpful or that you just enjoy about listening to this show. 
It would mean the world to me if you took time out of your day to do that. And while you're at it, head over to motherhoodsimplified.com to listen to more podcast episodes or check out our Facebook group, Instagram, just to connect on social media. If you love these episodes and if you love this show, please tag me. I love to connect with you over there. Podcasts are kind of like a one-way conversation where I feel like I'm talking to you and with you. But when you tag me on social media, I feel like we can take that one step further and actually connect with each other, which is the whole point of me starting this podcast and community in the first place is to be able to connect with moms like you who are wanting to declutter without becoming a full-blown minimalist. So tag me in your Instagram stories. I'm motherhood underscore simplified. Check out the Motherhood Simplified Facebook group or head over to the site and just find even more blogs, podcasts, decluttering courses to help you continue on your decluttering journey. Thanks so much. And I'll talk to you soon.